Well, today, my brothers and sisters, we continue our journey through Advent, and I'd like to speak this morning about the importance of preparing for the coming of Christ on Christmas Day by reaching out to the poor and the needy through concrete acts of charity. Now, today also happens to be the 6th of December, and so it's the Feast of St. Nicholas. Now, although the the second Sunday in Advent trumps the Feast of St. Nicholas, I'd still like to honor this great saint today, and I believe that a retrieval of a fuller understanding of the person of St. Nicholas can help us regain a proper appreciation of the true meaning of Advent and Christmas, and so help us better prepare ourselves for Christmas Day. And of course, the topic of giving to the needy and the topic of St. Nicholas are in perfect harmony with one another, because as we'll see, one of the virtues that characterized St. Nicholas's life was a concern for the poor and needy. So let's first turn to today's readings, if we notice in our Old Testament reading and also in our Gospel, we've got this theme of valleys being lifted up and hills being laid low. Now, this uh, landscape of valleys and hills is a rough one. It's rugged. And it's not conducive to the coming of Jesus. If Jesus wants to come on Christmas Day, he needs a smooth landscape across which to walk. This is a symbol of our hearts. Our hearts are rough. They're rugged. they got nooks and crannies. They've got bumps and valleys and dips and whatnot. And they're not good highways for the coming of our Lord. Now, one of the best ways to smooth out our hearts and to prepare them for the coming of the Lord on Christmas Day is through active charity to those who are in need. There's nothing more effective in smoothing out our hearts, in softening our hearts, in taking the roughness out of them than active consideration, thoughtfulness, and charity towards those who are in need. And if we turn to St. Nicholas in his life, we see a beautiful illustration of this uh, principle. And speaking of St. Nicholas, it's important to understand that over the past few centuries, the memory and the understanding of St. Nicholas has undergone a, a transformation of sorts, which from a Christian perspective has not been altogether positive. St. Nicholas unfortunately, has been trivialized. Commercialism, greed, and uh, shallow materialism have played no small factor in all of this. So today, we know St. Nicholas as Santa Claus, a jolly fellow who could stand to lose a few pounds, who for some reason lives at the North Pole, drives a flying sleigh, complete with magical reindeer, And he's been known to bring lots of toys to little kids who don't need or deserve them. And in fact, especially in the past two or three generations, it seems that he has been giving the most toys to the kids whose parents make the most money. 
Well, as a means of taking back Christmas from the clutches of our contemporary commercialized culture, let's go back into our own Catholic Christian tradition and retrieve a fuller and more authentic vision of St. Nicholas. This St. Nicholas doesn't cut advertising contracts with Coca-Cola, and he doesn't favor rich kids. Rather, he prefers the poor, and he's deeply concerned about their chastity and their moral integrity, and above all, he loves Jesus. St. Nicholas lived in the 4th century in the times of the Roman Empire. He was the Bishop of Myra in Asia Minor. But before he became Bishop of Myra, he was a pious and godly young man who was known for praying in church in the wee hours of the morning before the sunrise. And he was also known for his love of the poor. Well, one of the many stories that comes from his life goes as follows. There was a neighbor of his who fell upon very unfortunate times and was reduced to dire poverty. Now, this neighbor uh, was a Christian man. Uh, He was a widower, and he had three young, beautiful daughters to take care of. Now, at that time in Roman society, it was common for a woman entering into marriage to have what's called a dowry, meaning she needed to bring some piece of property or some amount of wealth into the marriage. Otherwise, it was no deal. No marriage was going to take place. So, here is this poor man with three daughters who can, uh, and he can't support them, and he can't even marry them off to someone who could support them because he doesn't have money for their dowry. Now, this man, as I said, he's a Christian, but his economic distress and hardship, little by little, becomes so severe that he's tempted to do something that is very wrong, that he knows is wrong, something that is deeply at odds with his religious convictions. As a means of economic survival, he begins to contemplate sending his daughters to a brothel. Somehow, at some point, St. Nicholas understands he gets wind of this situation and what this man is considering doing. So, St. Nicholas, he actually came from a relatively well-to-do family, and his parents uh, had recently died and had left him uh, a sizable inheritance. And so St. Nicholas goes and he takes a full third of his inheritance and he exchanges it for gold, and he puts that gold into a bag. The bag might have been a stocking, I don't know, similar to our tradition of hanging the stockings from the chimney. In the middle of the night, when no one's looking, St. Nicholas sneaks over to this guy's house and he throws a bag of gold into the window. Well, the poor family wakes up the next morning and lo and behold, in front of their eyes is an adequate sum of money for a dowry. The poor man's heart breaks. He falls on his knees in gratitude to God and he repents of his plan of sending his daughters to a brothel. With great joy and with great confidence, he sets about arranging the marriage of his eldest daughter. But he's still got two other daughters to marry off, and he's still poor. Now, as you can imagine, this happens twice more. St. Nicholas sells off another third of his inheritance, and then finally another third, and he does the same thing. And all throughout this process, the man is more and more uh, growing in gratitude towards God and in wonderment as to who this 
angel of charity is who's been saving him from his his poverty. And uh, so, waiting for that third bag of gold, he stays up late one night. Now, maybe some of us, we stayed up late waiting for Santa to come down the chimney, so maybe this is kind of the original version of that. Man stays up late and he's waiting for St. Nicholas to uh, to throw that third bag in the window so that he can catch him and find out who he is. And and it happens, and he runs out of his house and he starts chasing St. Nicholas down the street in the middle of the night. And uh, St. Nicholas doesn't have any reindeer, no magic uh, sleigh to fly away, so so he actually gets caught by the man. And uh, and he says, you know, don't tell anybody of this act of charity of mine uh, until at least, you know, I, I'm dead. And so, and as in the lives of many of the saints, we don't know about certain things that they did until after they die, and the stories are told about them, uh, of the things they did in their lifetime. Now, uh, what do we learn from this story? Well, we see this process of giving money to those who are in need and how that can have a spiritual effect on the heart. Now, in this story, the spiritual effect takes place in the heart of the poor man, but it also can take place in the heart of those who give. There is a softening of the heart that charity affects like nothing else. And so it's an effective way of smoothing out that heart and making a highway for God to enter into our lives and to enter into our world on Christmas Day. And so I just, uh, as a practical suggestion, I'd point out our, our giving tree here. We are expecting to get all the gifts in by next Sunday. And uh, these gifts go to needy children, not children that uh, are, you know, uh, already have wealthy parents. These are, these are needy children. And so um, I encourage us to take advantage of, of the giving tree. Some of us might be in an economic uh, hardship. We don't have to give away our whole life, means of livelihood like St. Nick. We can give according to our means. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we prepare for this Christmas, uh, let's try to uh, retrieve an authentic vision of who St. Nicholas is and what he was all about, the poor and the needy and giving and generosity and love as a means of uh, smoothing out the heart and softening it for the coming of Christ on Christmas Day, who, of course, is the greatest gift, who came to us in our neediness and in our poverty and loved us and, and gave himself for us, the greatest gift of all.